Digital Dissection, a nerd podcast, can at times contain adult language and themes. It is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Digital Dissection podcast, where we take a closer and possibly unnecessary look at our favorite properties, creators, and topics. We are your humble hosts, Joe and Mark. Two pop culture nerds dedicated to telling entertainment history before it's forgotten too soon. Join us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog for more information on the show. We also love to hear from you, so why not write us at digitaldissectionpodcast at gmail.com. And now that we've got that out of the way, let's get to dissecting. Welcome back, fellow pop culture nerds. It's time for Digital Dissection, a nerd podcast. Joe, how are you doing tonight, man? Uh, it is it is a little toasty, not going to lie. Um, Wisconsin has shifted from late fall to midsummer very suddenly on us. And yeah. I'm yet to uh, put my, my air conditioners back up yet. Uh, something I am regretting at this moment. Oof. Yeah, see, that's why I like to make my calls from the... The nice, cold, dank, it smells <laughs> perfectly fine basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 that's kind of where the tradition started at, at my old house, right? Like, I, yeah. I always, well, we always filmed or recorded from the basement. It just, it just feels right. It did. It did. And you have the, uh, um, the comfort of, of owning your home. So your basement is finished and is your own. Mine is not finished. And I share it with two other people. And both yeah, great yeah. people. Like them both. Fantastic. However, would be awkward if they came downstairs to do their laundry while we were doing the podcast. So what Joe's trying to say tonight is that anything he's wearing beneath the waist is really sealing in the flavor. <laughs> yep. Just like Batman's rubber suit. Well, everyone, it is time for another retro review. Mm-hmm. The fourth of the year. Joe, and how are you going to keep about rolling these? with them? I mean... I, I'm a little afraid, to be honest, because so far, I remember distinctly loving every game we've reviewed, and none of them have walked like away with anything higher than a C plus. I know. And I'm like, are yeah. we? Are are these games not as fun as I remember, or are we just bad at reviewing? I don't know. I'm not sure. That's a, that's a very that's a very good question. I actually. always thought this was much easier than 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 it actually is, apparently. <laughs> So, yeah, because when they liked the game, the score reflected it. But, like, yeah, we love the game. 77%. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why it's important, Joe, that, you know, you can only do so much with length. You got to do something with girth as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you want to reach that perfect five out of seven. You got to really know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You got to use the whole cow, man. And that's what we're finding out <laughs> with these retro reviews. Mm-hmm. But today we are, once again, going back in time, but this time a little bit further back. The year was 1997. Yes. It was sepia tone back then, Joe. Don't you remember? Mm-hmm. It was. And on a, on a faithful Christmas morning, dawned a viral video that, yay, nay, I'm sorry, nay, they did not yet know it would become viral. But when that young boy opened up his Nintendo 64, mm. it changed his world and subsequently the rest of ours because of that video. And... We are going with one of the, I don't know, this wouldn't be one of the earlier title releases, would it? 
Oh like, yeah, this, this is, is is it this fairly? Is earlier. Because I'm trying to. This is this is the first game that used. Um, was it the Rumble Pack or was it the extended yes. memory pack? The Rumble Pack with the K. Yeah. So this was the first time we got the Rumble Pack added. So this was. And I was trying to really remember. I guess gauge how early that came for the 64, because I remember it was it was crucial from from this game forward. Oh yes, it mm-hmm. was. It's that's basically what helped put Star Fox 64 on the map initially in mm-hmm. 1997. Having the Rumble Pack peripher- or peripheral, peripheral included in the box. <laughs> yeah. yeah, is that the right It'll, word? Paraphernalia. Yeah, keep your fingernail long because they're putting some some yayo in the Star <laughs> Star Fox 64. <laughs> so okay so we didn't play it this way but Mm -hmm. the so of the retro reviews that we've done so far surprisingly two-thirds of these games were technically reboots right Mm -hmm. here we go again yeah with yet another reboot which is like this is something that i didn't realize was a reboot until research was done by the team oh yeah uh i just assumed this was a straight-up sequel because oh. yeah, because like we, what we pick up with um, with Fox McCloud, who is yes. the son of Fox McCloud, I believe, right? <laughs> I believe actually in this one, mm-hmm. uh, it was James. His dad's name is James. It's James McCloud. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so yeah, Fox is still our our main you know main dude and everything. But yeah, I'm pretty sure his dad's name is James McCloud. Okay. Uh, so yeah, they did. They did redo that a little bit, mm-hmm. but but uh, as we'd like to say, story time, motherfuckers. We're gonna tell you a little <laughs> bit of a story <laughs> about this reboot because you're right, Joe. There, there's some stuff about this that you think is a sequel, but mm-hmm. really, a lot of us missed this, including myself. When I first started playing it, I had no idea. So let's let's uh, let's pull back the curtain on 1997 just a little bit here. Okay. Is this surprisingly? This is only the second overall title in Star Fox history. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, this one I did know it was only the second one because previously we just had Star Fox and the uh the NES or the I'm sorry, the Super NES, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. And that was one where I think it was one of the one of the early games that had what was considered to be true 3D graphics on the, yes. on, the on the SNES. They were they impressive for the time? Yes. See. Retrospective no, they don't seem to really fit with the rest of the game, but my God, was it popping out at us. And that, oh, that's yes. what captivated us. All the triangles you could possibly shake a stick at. <laughs> triangles, pyramids. <laughs> if it had three points or whatever is a triangle at this point in time, someone refresh me. I do with algebra, not geometry. Ha ha. What's a triangle? Yes. You're damn right. Trigonometry <laughs> fans were, were enjoying themselves quite a bit during that game, but... Yeah, th- this one, however, mm-hmm. uh, manages to be one of the best-selling N64 games of all time, specifically the ninth best-selling game, 4 million copies sold, and it was developed by Nintendo EAD, which, Joe, do you know what EAD stands for? Um, Hopefully it's not a division of EA Sports, because that would be a sign that at one point in time they did, in fact, make good games, and we can just be sad that they had fallen so far. Not quite. That's good. I'd like but to go EA... on just to remember hating EA yeah. for all eternity. Yeah. 
Yeah, surprisingly, this was before microtransactions, so <laughs> we didn't have to pay an extra 99 cents to do a barrel roll. No, or yeah. we didn't have to like cash in just so we could use the Great Fox for repairs. Yeah, that's correct. Although now that I, now we've given them that idea, let's try to forget that we did. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but Nintendo EAD, so EAD stood for Entertainment Analysis and Development Department, okay. which... Honestly, I don't think putting department on the end of that makes much sense. It's kind of like the redundancy department. The yeah, Department like, of Redundancy like, Department. I mean it could be like I guess Mothers Against Drug Drug Yeah, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. The second D is apparently necessary. Um oh, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. really it's E A D D. They just for some reason decided <laughs> yeah. to short one of the D's and like, no, we yes. don't need you. But you're still yeah. in the acronym somehow. I was gonna say they're not, they're not buying vowels. The consonants, they 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 don't cost as much. No, right? they're free. They're free, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Which is good if that's yeah. how print actually used to work. <laughs> Contents well, are free, vowels you have to pay for. That's why those old-time newspapers, they, they tried to use everything in the old language and the old speak. Less yeah. vowels that way, right? right? You got yees all the time in old newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the old times, whenever you saw Nintendo EAD, that meant it was an in-house development from Nintendo. That ah. meant that they were not only publishing the game, they were creating it too. They were making the sausage, Joe. So that's what this game ended up uh, having as the creative backing for it. Designed and produced by Shigeru Miyamoto. Oh, so, Miyamoto, you saucy son of a bitch. You're at it again. Yes. Just pumping oh, yes. out hit after hit after hit. And Manata is not enough for him as he goes and no. makes his sausage of a Star Fox game. <laughs> Uh, you just see him there, like in the studio, just shaking that part down the middle and, like, you know, waving his hair. It just back and forth. Good ideas are shaking mm-hmm. off of him. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that dude's a legend for a reason. And yeah, so he's he's the creative mind behind this. He's not just making Donkey Kongs, Mario's, he's making the foxes. Mm-hmm. I think he knows what they say, too, to reference that old I song. mean, probably. He knows what they say. Um, and it may not be that that humming that we kind of get in that video that you do up away who I don't think a fox sounds like that <laughs> you know for the for the folks that know <laughs> what does the fox say song really what they're referring to in that song dude is like the terrifying sound they make when they mate with each other it's like it's 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 absolutely haunting when you hear this i had never heard that before now i have to look this up yes not currently i'll do it after yeah, we're yeah. done recording yeah, 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 incognito browsing. Do do it with that. <laughs> yep, I can't have that come up in my search history because God knows I'll make the mistake of like using my work account, and then I'll be at work typing in something that starts with a W for my kids, and that'll be the first thing that comes up. What's the fox mate? What's the sound of fox make while mating? Oh, great, yeah. Mister Vanderpool's yeah. that kind of weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your your principal pulls you in. He's like, he's obviously a northeastern mook, and he goes, "It's like, hey, uh, hey, Joe." The fuck you looking up in there, man? I got stuff about foxes. I got turtles screaming at each other. What the hell is this shit? And that's why you just say, "Back off, man! I'm a scientist." Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're we're looking at a couple of scientists of Nintendo's heyday, and this game was also directed by Takao Shimizu, who a lot of folks may not know by name, but he is the uh, director behind the Donkey Kong game for the Game Boy, uh, Kirby's Adventure, Kirby's Pinball. Uh, okay. Um, obviously, Star Fox 64. Mm-hmm. Later, he would be the director for... Well, actually, he's one of the staff members for Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, there we go. Yep. Mm-hmm. And 
He'd be the director for Pokemon Stadium, Joe. Ooh, which, I mean, that may have to be an upcoming retro review eventually, because, gah, Pokemon Stadium. The stories I can tell about that game. <laughs> it doesn't get much better for kids than, you know, cockfighting with large monsters, right? I mean, if your chickens could, like, breathe fire and have cannons sticking out of their shoulders that shut out water jets, I mean, I might get into cockfighting, too. Yeah, just sort of out exactly. There. You probably couldn't keep me away. Yeah, or if you were an old school cockfighter, maybe this brings you out of retirement. Yeah, it's true, and you, know. you wouldn't be so afraid if something that looked like a dog with a glove on its head was fighting against your chicken <laughs> if it could breathe fire. <laughs> yeah. Once again, folks, we reference Seinfeld a lot. A we, lot <laughs> nowadays, it's like a language to us. You know, like a beautiful <laughs> language with a chainsaw. Uh, Different reference, different show. But once again, we're back to Star Fox. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go back a little bit before Star Fox. And don't worry, Joe. I will explain why eventually. But for now, for those of you who aren't aware, Star Fox was actually inspired by a shrine to Inari Yokami. Are you familiar, Joe, with Inari Yokami? Isn't that the Nine Tails? I believe you are correct. It's uh, it's the same. Yes, it is the yeah. same spirit spirit of the foxes that is insp- yeah exactly inspired. Mm-hmm. So, it's the spirit of the foxes, and what this fox represents is fertility, rice, tea, sake, and just general prosperity in agriculture industry and success. I say that all sounds like good things to me. All all good things, Joe. All good fine things. things. I'm, I'm yeah. assuming one good thing for every tale. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's reminding me of grandma's boy where he talks about, you know, flying in the sky and then dives into the water and, oh, yes. you know, it means good things are coming because these two animals coming. fused as one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he, he was a snake in the grass and then became yeah. an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude. This is where Star Fox origins come from is this shrine to Inari Okami. So this is back like early nineties when they got this idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that inspires the original Star Fox, also selling 4 million copies on the SNES, or the SNES as we like to call it. Mm-hmm. But if you remember, Joe, in the original Star Fox, you used to fly through a series of arches, right? Like yeah. that was the gameplay. That was the game. I mean, on the, on the Super Nintendo, that was acceptable. But by the time we get to the 64, you can't have us just flying through hoops, Superman. Yeah. What the actual fuck? That's not a game. That's just dumb you're not saving anyone just flying through a series of hoops which is why when they made this game like we can't we can't just keep arches they can't yeah. only be arches will there be arches yes but not the main not the main point of the game exactly mm-hmm. and and despite some of the simplicity with that show it's still regarded as one of the you know best games of all time not just one of the best super nintendo games mm-hmm. but one of the best games of all time and one of the reasons for it, you kind of alluded to it earlier, Joe, was the emergence of the Super FX chip, which was a coprocessor on the graphics support unit, or the GSU. So this was added to specific Super Nintendo cartridges that gave that, at times, 2D look, but then allowed you to provide that 3D yes. look in the games. Yes. So it was, It's like yeah. when you add, add 11 to your volume for your... For your speakers you need just that little extra edge you just crank it up to 11 because of course 11 is louder than 10 it's louder than right 10. 
Yeah, you yeah. could make eleven the new ten, but then it, it wouldn't seem louder. It's ten. Well, then it, then it wouldn't be wouldn't be ten anymore. Wouldn't be ten anymore. No, so that's why you make yeah. it eleven. That's why you make it eleven because eleven's louder than ten. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, the folks who were helping us get that eleven, okay, mm-hmm. was Argonaut Games, right? They were the folks that actually helped develop Star Fox for the Super Nintendo because they're the ones actually making the Super FX chip. So Nintendo's like, hey, you're making that hardware. Do you know how to use it? And they're like, well, yeah, of course we know yeah. how to use it. We're, ma- we're making the goddamn thing. Okay, come on. <laughs> so it was their baby. You know, they helped in turn develop the Star Fox. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, it's it's video game history, man. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's 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 beautiful for those who played again and again. I can't I can't say indulge in the original Star Fox because I just the SNES wasn't my system. I know, mm-hmm. I know. Honestly, I wasn't either at first because, as we mentioned earlier on this program uh, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, my parents were like, "No, nah, you're gonna get the Sega Genesis and you're gonna like it." Mm-hmm. And which you know, <laughs> there was no losing with that statement. That was totally fine. Like getting yeah. the Genesis, that's 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 still a win. We liked it. It was just fine. But the Super Nintendo obviously was uh, going through some tumultuous times as we got into the mid-90s. So mm-hmm. for those of you who listened to our Donkey Kong retro review, and this would have been our second retro review of the year, maybe I should do the uh, the Kyle A. Bear Dragon Ball Z voice here. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, we but- should. Yes, last time on Digital Dissection, we <laughs> talked about the era of the Super Nintendo around this time, because by 1995, the Sega Saturn and the Sony PlayStation, they were out there just just kicking ass, yeah. taking names, mm-hmm. or I should say kicking names and taking ass, Yep. And and their hardware was like giving some severe penis envy to the Super Nintendo. Like they just couldn't compare with it. There's mm-hmm. there's no way. Like more processing power, graphics were looking so much better. I, right? I'm pretty sure that when those specs came out and they they got slapped on like someone's desk in Nintendo, they looked at it and like, no, no, that's a lie. You can't do that. <laughs> Not possible. Don't believe it. And they saw it and they're like, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. They're actually doing it. I'm sure the first thing they brought that in there, like, how dare you bring this into my house? <laughs> you you turned my house. den of lies. Yeah, you turned my house into a house of lies. <laughs> but it was the mm-hmm. truth, man. Yeah. That's Super Nintendo was getting mm-hmm. getting knocked all over the place, man. It was it was like Apollo Creed, you know, going up against uh, Drago. And, no, or, Dra- or Drago, Drago, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it Drago? Yeah, Ivan Drago. Yeah, yeah just Drago was four. Mm-hmm. Getting the asses kicked, dude. Although, so, wait a second. He never loses to Drago in four. Oh, no, Apollo. No, I, I was thinking Rocky. Apollo definitely yeah. dies. My bad. Apollo Apollo yep. gets bodied by Drago. Definitely yeah. does. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Take that back. <laughs> I was I was sorry. Not, I was thinking not, main protagonist. Not. Whoops. Oh, it's true. Mm-hmm. Rocky survives. Rocky, Rocky does live. Series. He does. He makes it through. Yes, he does. Good job. Wow. So, for those of you who are wondering, what year is it? Uh, it's 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 1995, and Star Fox 2 is technically in development since Star Fox pretty much wrapped up its production. Like they were trying to do like a Lord of the Rings type of thing here, where we're just going to keep mm-hmm. filming, just just keep, just keep it running, mm-hmm. keep going with it. Yeah. So they were working on Star Fox 2 ever since, 
but they realized we've got to get like an even beefier chip to work with this, mm -hmm. which would have been the Super FX2. They weren't really into naming things with the whole lot of marketing beef behind it. No, so, but you know what? we appreciate that. Because, and especially yeah. that they didn't go like full like anime with a name. Like this is the super modulation factor four FX five. Super good. Tech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tech number one. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well that, that, but that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of where they were with this though. They're like, okay, so we're making Star Fox two. We think we got something good here, but in order for this to work, we need more hardware. And by that point, it's getting near the end of that sunset for the Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. They know the 64 is coming out within the next like year or two, right? Because Nintendo's aware of its own things. I would hope so. It wasn't like just a part yeah. of Defender, like, what? We're getting shut down? The Super yeah. Department's <laughs> just going? You had something? Ah, <laughs> oh, I've got a wife and kids. <laughs> Miyamoto, I trusted you. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes. So, but Miyamoto, he saw the writing on the wall. He went, I don't see us being successful with this. We've got to do something else. Yep. So, so they, they start, get, yeah, one of the yeah. few times you feel like Nintendo is actually thinking next generation gaming console with their games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they, and they scrapped one of their essentially flagship properties, which kind of seems weird in retrospect, mm -hmm. but. Hey, they ended up doing it anyway. And and for those of you that are looking at Star Fox 2 and want to play it, it's actually out there. You can find it on yeah. ROM. Mm -hmm. So if you want to Which give it a shot, feel free. I recommend doing that over trying to buy a cartridge of it. Probably. I mean, actually, no, I haven't <laughs> yeah. even looked at the retail, what that what that's actually going for these days. Oh, the original uh, Star the, Fox? Oh, yeah, in the aftermarket? I mean, I don't think it's too bad. I mean, but either way, it's, it's one of the more mass-produced games. Like we said, there's that's millions true. of copies out there. But for Star Fox 2, though, as it's a precursor to Star mm -hmm. Fox 64, what they ended up doing was saying, cheerio, let's do it again. Yes. And they ended up recycling things quite a bit, uh, working from Star Fox 2 into 64. Mm -hmm. Now, here's a quote from Miyamoto, though. He said roughly 30% of Star Fox 64 was being inspired by the original game. 60% came from the canceled Star Fox 2 and the remaining 10% was just original work done for the 64 game. That math checks out. I didn't know if there was going to be a surprise, like, and it was 10% extra effort. <laughs> like some sort of weird inspirational dumb work poster for hanging oh, yeah. out there. Like, no, no, no. No, Miyamoto's not messing around. He gets the math right. Yeah, I think he also said 5% pleasure, 50% pain, and 100% reason to remember the name, but... <laughs> God yeah, damn it, we're old. Executional style. Uh, executional style. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I think it was Only Fort Minor. <laughs> I think it was Fort Minor, actually, wasn't it? No, I thought that was that was Mike Schnorr and the Executioners. No, no, the Executioners was. Uh, oh, that was a different song. I thought that, that yeah, was that. That wasn't remember the name. No, no, that, that was Fort Minor. Minor. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, folks, we're, now yep. we're debating about early two thousands. Uh, <laughs> you know, alt, alt rock, new metal, whatever you want to call it. But yes, so that brings us up to Star Fox 64 time, mm -hmm. right? So, Joe, I guess the question that I wanted to start off with, just to kind of get the creative juices flowing here, 
Star Fox helped define the Super Nintendo. Yes. But what about the N64 version mm -hmm. made it just as memorable? Well, I mean, this is something I would say definitely, like, as far as, like, like, like you know, like we're saying, it's basically a launch title. Definitely defines uh, the Nintendo 64. Because you needed something that wasn't, like, Mario going forward. Well, I guess I guess that's I guess, the, the Nintendo's thing, is that they they rely on kind of their, their franchise titles and their franchise characters. And, like, you knew you were going to get a Mario game, you knew you were going to get Legend of Zelda, um, you knew you were probably going to get a Kirby, like, all of these things that already had, like, at least, you know, more than one game going for them. So, pulling up Star Fox, that is a relatively new game, in, of like, as far as franchise characters go, was was, I think, a perfect move to do. Because it's new enough to work, but yet it's got a, you know, it's already got some street cred from the first Star Fox out there. And mm -hmm. it gave us a fun story um, that really helped with it too, because the story had more than one way to reach the end. And depending on what routes you took to get to the end, you could even get a different ending. So that's compelling in and of itself, because like you look at things like Super Mario 64, there's one way to the end. You, you get enough stars to fight Bowser, you beat Bowser. You get enough stars, you can get Yoshi on the top of the roof. And all he does is give you some more lives. Nothing yeah. groundbreaking, but Yoshi's there. Nothing great. But Star Fox, legitimately different ending. Like, yeah. Like, satisfyingly different ending. Which, honestly, as far as like a lot of Nintendo titles go, um, rare to get a satisfying different ending. Because usually it's a little bit extra for a cinematic that you a few seconds long doesn't do all that much to it doesn't seem to do all that much to it um link's awakening but uh very very good there and like different play modes because i think this is out before mario kart 64 so the fact that you could have like a versus play mode in this and go head head against your friends which by yeah. the way stupid amounts of fun to do battling oh, out yes. with your friends um, yeah. I think because of that, the flexibility of this game with just the right touch of new nostalgia to it, like it was, you know, quintessential for the Nintendo 64. Yeah. And I like how you pulled a quintessential like term that usually like Food Network loves to use they because do love a quintessential a quintessence <laughs> they could have done too. It, well, it, it's true though, man, Th this is a game that I actually spent a lot of time discovering. Uh, because like you mentioned, Mario 64, it, it was a game that I played a ton of, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But Star Fox 64 ended up having a little bit different of an experience because like you mentioned, there are literally 25 routes mm -hmm. in this game that you could potentially explore. 14 of those led you to a fake ending mm -hmm. and 11 showed you the real ending. So what was crazy about this is that a playthrough takes about two hours yeah and i guess yeah. that, that's what's actually really fun about it because like like we, we brought up the comparison with mario 64 mario 64 is just massive you have yeah. to get what like a hundred at least a hundred stars to fight bowser and getting stars just takes forever in that game granted that's still like you can get more than that to keep going. I think it, I, th I think it was seventy five. Seventy five. Because, okay. Because because in the in in Mario sixty four, like you were talking about, you don't have to do everything, mm -hmm. but there are certain points that you can collect enough of things, like the stars that like you mentioned, 
and that will allow you to essentially quote unquote beat, beat the, the game, game. Yeah. right so but like yeah. mario no matter what okay 75 stars that still takes a like a lot of time a lot of commitment whereas oh, yeah. like the beauty of this is that it's it's a fake ending but unless you know it's a fake ending it's still it's still a satisfying ending and you can do it in one sitting so it's kind of this great mix of you can casually pick up the game and successfully beat it in, like you said, like a two-hour run as opposed to yeah. like 20-plus hours that you're putting into Mario. So like, hey, I got through it. This is great. And I can explore their modes. Then you figure out like, wait a second. Or like you think to yourself, wait a second. I took this route. There's this whole other part of the solar system I even tried going to. And then yeah. there's the, like, the stuff in the middle. Is that even an option? And how do I get to those things? So yeah. you can now like strive to play through differently each time. And I mean, that's even something that I, I did with a friend where we would just try and see like who could complete the most difficult path the fastest. And if you, you fucked up and you didn't make it to the right, to the right planet, then you were just out and you had to, you had to give up your turn. So yeah. it's like, it's, um, it's dynamic that way where you can play it different each time. So you can either, like, hey, I just want to fly a ship and, and shoot some shit and blow some stuff up. Easy path, go through. You're going to have a fun time playing the game. You want something a little challenging? You can do some of the challenges and do some of the hidden things or in the levels to go kind of like through the middle way or back from the middle onto, onto like the super hard and back to the easy. Or you can try yeah. and just do all the hard challenges and go through the hard way the entire yeah. route. And it's true, like mm -hmm. because of that variance and and how you could play the game. So, just to kind of uh, back up for a moment, this is an on rails shooter or mm -hmm. aircrafter, however you want to <laughs> everyone look at it. A starfighterer. Uh, yeah. Starfighter. Yeah. On rails starfighter yeah. or planer. Mm -hmm. So, so you are fairly stuck to the decisions that you make mm -hmm. and and that's why i think the short play time is is really important here because it's like oh yeah i screwed this up but okay next time i know yeah. gotta do this differently mm -hmm. and so learning from this game was actually rewarding as opposed to you know just kind of saying every mission is uh stealth optional oh, <laughs> you know everything should <laughs> and, be stealth optional fuck stealth good god it sucks <laughs> yeah well okay so as you mentioned, playing through these levels, you start off in the R-Wing, which is like the standard mm -hmm. Star Fox airplane, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, then you switch to the Landmaster, which is much more fun to say in like English talk, like Landmaster, <laughs> uh, which is essentially a tank, right? I mean, at that point, couldn't they yeah. just call it a lord? A lord, yes. The lord, the, the master of the land. This is the Lord Landmaster yes. of Star Fox 64. The proprietor of the Abbey. <laughs> it can shoot bombs in large rounds. Yes, on the count of five. Three, sir. Three. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, we got Arwing. We got Landmaster. But then, as you mentioned, because of the different paths you could take in the game, mm -hmm. if you never explored those, you'd actually miss out on the submarine. Yeah. Which was the underwater level, which mm -hmm. a lot of folks didn't even know about. Which sucks because it's such a fun time getting to the sub. That was such a challenge and such a fucking ride to get to. Oh, like, it's terrifying once you get there. The sub. 
yeah once you get into that sub dude i it was terrifying oh, there's yeah. nothing because because okay so for what we're talking about here there's an if you once again if you explore the right way mm -hmm. and you take a certain path you'll end up in uh star fox 64's like underwater foggy hell and it's just an underwater level that you don't know what's coming at you for those of you who are afraid of the ocean maybe you don't want to play this level yeah like you, you can like go with like the classic like i hate water levels and that's because like they're difficult for no good reason other than the fact that i guess you know people shouldn't be underwater we just don't belong there that's not what we evolved to do and neither did foxes or rabbits or birds and the frog sorry not deep ocean they don't go yeah. that far but this is this is hard just because, again, visibility is super low because it's like a deep ocean planet. There yeah. really is no, um, I guess, to quote Dread, it's all the deep end in this case. Yes. Everything yes. is bad. And you just have like Lovecraftian, like almost horrors down there waiting for you. That, perfect word to use. That's exactly what I was going to get at because by the time you hit the boss, like when I was, when I was a kid, you know, at the time, I was mm -hmm. like 11 years old playing this. Yeah, by the time I got to that end boss, I just, just I just wish I was still wearing diapers. <laughs> Maybe I was. I don't know. Okay, it's hard to remember now. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I just got out of diapers last year. But <laughs> so that level in itself is like, I think for a lot of people, that's one of the, the best memories we have of this game, right? Mm -hmm. But I think what's really important to get into, though, is because of this on-rails uh like play that you typically have in the game mm -hmm. as you mentioned earlier on with the all range mode yeah. that's that's what made these boss fights much more interesting mm -hmm. um, because it was almost like a, a way to evolve from previous systems right yeah like like when you think of like you know captain skyhawk of the old days or 1942 or or any of these games where you're just basically scrolling back and forth and mm -hmm. not really you know you're just avoiding getting hit this all range mode allowed you to go from the on rails version of play. Mm -hmm. And now you can actually move dynamically around the map. Yeah. Right. So if you, if you're, if you're in any way confused by the on rails term, basically throughout the game, most of the time you are flying, driving, swimming in one direction and that's forward. You can go left and right, but you're always going forward. If you miss something, you can't out, but you can't go back and get it. So, it, when you get to boss fights um, in specific parts of, of the level, and not every level does this, you get to open up with all range mode. And this, yeah. I don't think, I think only happens with the R wing. I don't think you get this option with the Landmaster ever or with the sub. Um, I don't think so. No, not, not with the Landmaster or the no. sub, actually. It's just in the R wing. Just with the R wing. So basically, you get almost think of like an X wing dynamic. Where the wings yeah. are usually straight, like kind of like straight backed, and now they're yeah. more traditionally yeah. like flat. Um, and the X wing, like, ooh, we're gonna pop over into X's. Which honestly, what the fuck does that do in space? Other than just look know. cool, it looks it's... cool. We'll give it that. But honestly, it looks like it's just more shit for you to shoot at. It's just the aerospace version of licking your eyebrows, you know, like <laughs> like licking your aunt and then pushing the eyebrows. That's all it is. It's it's nothing crazy. <laughs> But hey, but it did it did create like a different illusion as you're playing through these yeah. these levels though because you know if you have like a string of like six or seven things kind of just rolling at you and you shoot them whatever mm -hmm. but in the all range mode it's it's true dogfighting yeah. you know and and sometimes you're getting tailed by stuff you don't know what's going to happen you get you know you actually have to maneuver mm -hmm. uh, 
And then of course we have the the U-turn move, which my brother loved to use in multiplayer. Which <laughs> yeah. I mean you can, like U-turn's good. Um it's predictable. <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah. yeah after a while you're just like it, it, i i kind of equate it to yeah. the uh the the monsters fighting the power rangers while they're transforming into the zord you're just kind of mm -hmm. standing there like well i'm just gonna shoot you while you're turning it's like yeah i'll just i'm just gonna wait and then as, as soon as you come out of that <laughs> and then we can fight again <laughs> after that uh i'm gonna shoot you mm-hmm you know, boom. <laughs> yeah. But either way, though, it, it, it did give a, a very different feel to, to fighting. And so, I don't know, I, I just looked at that and I thought this was a true graduation from the previous gen. It wasn't just, you know, like, even though they recycled a bunch of Star Fox 2 ideas, this was a really cool thing that never existed in the original game. So, I don't know, I just found it really badass. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I agree 100%. So... If we I'm trying to think of like things to to what direction move here, because I do want to talk specifically just like actual like PvP, um, which I guess it shouldn't be. I don't think we could really consider this PvP because I think PvP it's always like you know over a server. This is just like local, like you can play against three of your friends, which is yeah. This nice. is yeah. It's like Goldeneye multiplayer, but Star Fox. Exactly. You've got multiplayer yeah. and then the actual story itself. And yeah. like I'm just the thinking like pivotal parts of the story before we go into so, really like fighting our brothers uh, and friends. <laughs> well, let's let's take yeah, let's take a moment to appreciate story because we've done that in all the other retro reviews so far. And since this is technically a reboot, we do end up getting a completely different story, which I thought was actually pretty well rooted for a mm -hmm. you know fantasy uh, Nintendo game and yeah. and. So the, so basically, you find out that like you're not the first leader of mm -hmm. Star Fox's little like band of mercenaries for hire that help you know police the galaxy. They're basically like the Guardians of the Galaxy, just really furry. That's a good way. That so yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's just four rockets, four rockets. Just 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 animals. Just animals. Just animals. All animals. Yeah. Yeah. Which we'll get into the individuals here because they're they're fun. All of them characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, initially you find out mm -hmm. that your dad, as we mentioned, you 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 play uh, your your father's name actually is is James, James McLeod, yep. mm -hmm. and he actually ran this mercenary for hire group before you back, do. Yeah, back the in character. the SNES days. Yeah, he he was he was the the old man running the show, mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately, there's a a scientist named Andros who's trying to just kill the galaxy with chemical weapons. And he was basically uh, Saddam Hussein before his time, I'd or during the same time. He has a weather dominator or two in there, just because what what's a good villain without a weather dominator? See, Andros though is like a giant head. He is, and I always and giant hands. <laughs> I always wondered what he did, what kind of diet he must have had to get there. But but either way, yep. that's 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 really what drives the majority of this mm -hmm. game is that. So basically, James goes missing, right? Gasp, le gasp. And we're not really giving much away here because you've you literally find this find out in the opening right credits. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. the opening story that you start the game and ba-boom, there you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you you basically boot up as Star Fox and get on get it going. And and so this is where actually a lot of jokes have come from, uh, just like pop culture relating to video games, because we already referenced the barrel roll, you yep. know, once. Mm -hmm. And Joe, who is our 
who is our favorite friend that loves to say do a barrel roll? That's that's Peppy. Wait, no, no, no. Yes. Is it Peppy or Pe- it's Pepper? Isn't it? Uh, I thought Peppy was the right name. Is it Peppy? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, pretty sure Peppy. it's I'm pretty sure it's yeah, Peppy. It's Peppy. So yeah. Peppy is a hair. Isn't it even Peppy Hair? That's his name. Like it's I, not. I, he, he's he's definitely a rabbit. Definitely yes. a rabbit. Definitely a rabbit. Yeah. Which rabbit or hare? One of the two. He is a yeah. bunny, and. <laughs> He is the only surviving member of the original Star Fox team. You've Very got, true. Like, he's there with you. So he, yeah. he flew with your father, which he does let you know many a times. And whenever things are looking bad, our wing might be down one wing, and you're, you're running on fumes, he's going to remind you to do a barrel roll. And sometimes, depending on when you get shot down and when the game registered you needed help, <laughs> you will get the animation where your ship does its, its sad swan song twirl down and blows up. And right upon explosion, Peppy pops up and says, do a barrel roll. <laughs> we can't, we can't because we're dead. There's nothing, nothing left to roll like any object, especially a barrel. It, it cracked me up every time, dude. It just, every, because I, I had that happen. Like I'm like literally about to so die. Like, do a barrel time. roll. I, I, yeah. I have one wing. I can't do a barrel roll. It's like a limp. Yeah. My ship yeah. is literally like just drifting. Like yeah, a, dude, like a like, fish whose swim bladder, who's gone bad. You're just yeah. going in one odd direction. Dr- drifting lazily to the left is going to do more than a barrel roll right now. So <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to do. But to, to that point, like, uh, like, Peppy Hair mm-hmm. ended up becoming one of the best known memes in pop culture oh, yeah. video gaming mm-hmm. to the point that Google even has a unique effect. If you put do a barrel roll in your Google search, the results will spin barrel roll style. <laughs> like that's how far we went with this. That's fantastic. That's yeah, great. Absolutely so ridiculous. We've got we've got Peppy Hair, and then we have your turn mark to guess. Um, is our basically frenemy, who's always on oh. our case because he could probably do this job a lot better than you, Mister Falco Lombardi. Falco Lombardi. Yeah, I always tried to figure out what bird to associate Falco with. I mean, he's a bird, obviously, mm-hmm. so Falco is not that big of a stretch. But, um, but yeah, Falco is like <laughs> what I love about Falco. This isn't going to ruin it for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I, I do want to mention. So your crew, as we mentioned, you've got Peppy, you've got Falco, and and then obviously uh, Slippy Toad is the There's the third. Mm-hmm. Well, each one of them has like unique things that they bring to the table when you fight bosses. So they tell you about weaknesses, they tell you about health bars, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. And what I love about Falco is like, yeah, like you mentioned, he <laughs> you totally have uh, like this peacemaker moment with him where he acts like he's he's better than you. But like instantly in the first level, he's like tailed by three people. Yep. And if he if he gets shot down, well, then he has he gets sent back to the great fox and you're mm-hmm. you're without him for the next level. So I always found that hilarious where he's like, he's just talking mad shit on you. Get shot down. <laughs> Immediately gets shot down. He is definitely yeah. the kid in your class who says he knows karate, but does not oh, know karate. Absolutely. He doesn't know karate. Yeah. Do you want to fight him? Probably not, but he definitely doesn't know karate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I I guess, like, then what does... I'm trying to remember that, too, because what does Falco give you if you don't, like... Other than, like, I know in that first level, if you don't let him get shot down, you get access to the more difficult path. 
Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things. If and and once again, we're not going to give everything away because mm -hmm. you got you got to play the game for yourself. Yeah, we're not just going to walk you through this. Mm -hmm. But yes, in the first stage, uh, there's so basically when we talked about the secret passageways, how to get through these levels and, and navigate them differently. The first example of this is there's two things you have to do in that first stage. You have to save Falco, as we mentioned, mm -hmm. and then you have to pass through the series of archways, yes. very specific archways. Fun callback to the original game. Yes, absolutely. And once you do that, then yes, it'll you'll veer off and you'll go a different way. Mm -hmm. And and so each one of those stages has a different method like that. And I just I, I couldn't believe how innovative that was. <laughs> innovative, fun, both innovative and fun calling back to like the the, the original game. Just just smart programming. It's giving you something enjoyable to play. And then for those who actually did play the original game, something fun to look back to because that was that was the original game. So I wonder if like again, because this was a time before the internet was widely accessible. So for you to get access to these things, you either read Nintendo Power or you had a friend who had Nintendo Power and they told you about it. Or it was just like word of mouth, man. Or word of mouth. You know, mm -hmm. seriously, it's it was almost like the Airborne World War II. It's like you're just getting little bits of intel as you went and, <laughs> and you're banding together with whoever you could find. You know, it was it was definitely uh, interesting to go back and discover a way you hadn't gone before. So, yeah. Um, yep. but yeah, keeping your crew intact, mm -hmm. you know, you could you could survive most of the game without them, even oh, yeah. if they went down. That's true. But but it did make it easier uh and without them we wouldn't have a pop culture reference so true and as know. annoying as slippy is slippy does let you know how much health the villains have at the end how much the bosses have at the end so <laughs> yeah. do keep slippy alive and <laughs> yeah. because slippy is the one who apparently is like i think slippy is technically the maintenance person too the maintenance yeah, he's the engineer he's the engineer yeah. so if slippy like I think getting the sub requires Slippy to stay alive for a considerable period of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like a fun little end story within the story. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause as we mentioned, we don't want to give everything away. No. Right. But the majority of the game and, and the action involves this big old baddie Andros, who's basically mm -hmm. trying to kill the entire galaxy with chemical weapons. Yep. And then you slowly figuring out what happened mm -hmm. to the original Star Fox crew yeah. and, and what went down there. And one piece of that puzzle is actually on top of the whole, you know, fun Top Gun feeling you've already have going with the with the R wing and like the big evil Andros here is what is a game without a great rival organization? Because oh. there is Star Fox, and then there's Star Wolf. Yes, one one step up in the Canid family, which I don't, I may not have gotten that right because Fox or Vulpus, they might be in a different. I don't think they're in the same family, same order. Yeah. I, Higher I, up I in went, the order. I went. Higher up in the order. That's what we're going with. So yeah. bigger dog like creature. <laughs> um, there we go for sorry for my any scientists, uh, biologists listening to this who may have gotten a little mad at me. Um, but yes, you get Star Wolf. And so of course you've got like a, a wolf with I think an eye patch is like the leader of that. And isn't there also, you find out that one of the members of the original Star Fox team is actually with Star Wolf now? Well, you felt, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I'm, I'm trying to remember Just his name now. The rivalry. Yeah, it's, I'm trying to yeah. remember what the animal is too. 
Yeah. Oh, um, it'll, it'll come to me, but yeah. Like, so that's exactly what you end up finding out. Yep. Uh, was that, yeah, you're the original crew. Mm. You had one, I think it was Pigma. It was Pigma. Pigma. Yeah. It was the pig. Yeah. Yep. Pigma. Yeah. Pigma Dengar, uh, who ended up betraying James McLeod and, uh, yeah, he ended and, and he ended up working with the wolf. Yeah. At and, least, and you so, know, he was Pigma Dengar and not like Pigma Porkins. A weird on the head Star Wars name that I'm sure made an actor very uncomfortable. Um, yeah. But with Star Wolf, a fun thing about with them is that just like how if you take a different path in the game, you could get a, a different potential ending, depending on what yeah. path you go in the game, you get a different final like conflict with the Star Wolf team too, because you've got you two possible endings with them. And. Yeah. Again, both are fun to play with. One is definitely far more satisfying the other than the other. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. I mean, it's 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 always nice to get revenge on, you know, Mister Neo Pigma, the dirty swine, the bacon boy. Yes. But uh, but yeah, yeah, and that's that is what is interesting about this game because we mentioned it's a two-hour like beginning to end playthrough. But really, to be able to see like how all these stages work and how uh, how many different choices there are. Mm-hmm. It's about 10 hours of playtime, maybe 12 hours. Yeah, right? yeah, you can really invest a lot of time into this this uh, this story mode if you really want to, which is, again, is part of the beauty of the game. You don't want to do that, boom, bang this out in a couple hours. Or like, hey, it's Saturday morning. For some reason, it's all reruns for cartoons. I'm going to play this all day, and I'm going to go yeah. through the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. Today I'm going to go the hard way, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that, that that's, that's what really made this fun, dude. Uh, now, one other thing about this game I wanted to mention was mm-hmm. that Miyamoto had worked on both, you know, obviously Super Mario 64 and now Star Fox 64. Mm-hmm. He mentioned there was more cutting room floor content for Star Fox 64 than anything that they had for Super Mario 64. That makes sense. Because again, yeah. like Super Mario 64 is just, it feels like they didn't leave anything out. There's just, it's such a huge game. And whereas for as big as Star Fox is, still comparing that, going the hard route in Star Fox is yeah. still not the same as an investment is trying to go through every single star um, and every, like every secret that you can get in uh, Super Mario 64. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I when I heard about that, it immediately reminded me of like the Game Shark and trying to uh, put in different codes just mm-hmm. to see what it did to the game. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the cutting room floor stuff here was kind of like customizing your your R wing. Yeah. Uh, there were things like having different lasers for the for the R wings, so you could have different colors if you wanted to use those. They cut out uh, different engine colors for like the back burner of Ooh. the of the of the R wings. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was actually like enemy shield graphics too that they ended up just cutting because they they just couldn't make it appear on the screen and yeah. and have it work out with everything else that was going on. Um, but they had a ton of more like unused areas. There were secret zones that they didn't put in. All of that stuff is just sitting there with the, with with basically just sitting there for history to discover again. And yeah. you know what? If they would make some sort of like anniversary edition on the Switch. Whereas you could play Star Fox 64 with the bonuses, I'd scoop that up in a heartbeat. Would happily oh, play point. that. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I know I probably would give it a shot because I love the the main series, mm-hmm. you know, well enough. So, but I, I would say, dude, after after everything, like nowadays, I want a game that gives me a solid like 25 to 34 hours, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like that. that's, that's kind of like the benchmark for most game titles now. Mm-hmm. But I honestly feel like I got that same level of enjoyment that I expect now yeah. out of 10 hours of Star Fox. Absolutely. And this is the thing where, like, I feel like so much today, like, we've, we've talked about this before, where video games just rely so heavily on, like, online multiplayer. Or they rely on, like, a Battle Royale, which is still online multiplayer, PvP. Yeah. And in this game, like, you still got, like, the chance to duke it out with your friends but like there was such a rich story where like you could play that for you know 10 plus hours uh involved in the storyline and you could get another 10 hours playing with your buddies or playing with your family so you're still getting that that same like hours worth of enjoyment out of it uh as you would like like a standard like you said like you should i feel like 25 hours out of a video game 25 hours out of a video game you're still gonna get that out of here it's just through a combination of story and um and pvp yeah. But also, like you said, that like that that ten hours, I feel like that's you know heart of darkness level. Like that thing's like <laughs> seventy five pages, but it's the longest fucking seventy five pages you're reading in your life because somehow they turned that into Apocalypse Now, and that movie yeah. is forever. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true, man. I mean, I just you wouldn't think that an on rails game would be able to provide you with so many memories. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like one right off the top of my head, there's. Uh, it's one of the like the last levels of the game just before you get to like the end world where there's like this long corridor that you have to go down mm-hmm. all while being chased by that giant stone monster that's throwing shit at you the oh, whole time. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's fun. I I honestly had nightmares about that as a kid, like trying to think like, oh man, am I gonna dodge? Am I gonna bob and weave? Am I gonna get past <laughs> this thing? Uh obviously the underwater level is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the Landbuster, just that whole <sighs> level mm-hmm. uh playing in the tank it was such a different experience within the same game it's just so fun because like you're taking down like a massive train that you're moving alongside taking down like a few cars at a time it's just so cool it's such a fun idea with the like i mean it could have been like you know you're just fighting other tanks or maybe you're like storming a base like no it's a huge fucking train let's go let's go of enemies here and there oh yeah just so fun i think at one point i remember like you barrel roll or smash through things for like bonus items that was yeah. just fun ramming your tank through solid objects always a good time yeah mm. yeah dude which you know what Bef- before we get any further how about we get to review time joe let's do it yeah let's start putting some numbers so our first metric of the evening mm-hmm. as we always start off with is the graphics of this yeah. game and once again we want to remind folks this is not graphics looking at this game compared to today Ooh. this is comparing it to the time period that it came out and the technology that was available at the time yeah, so we're looking at the playstation mm-hmm. the sega saturn and and putting it up against those games and what we think yep do, doing the former like that would just be mean can't do that yeah. oh yeah all right joe for graphics let's do i'm trying to think what we should do maybe out of five barrel rolls is that what we want to do Either five barrel rolls, um, five. Can we go bombs? Because like bombs are great. You had to collect bombs through the game. Yeah, they were like. A I mean, we could we could do 
we could do we could do bombs. I There's don't care. There's all things: barrels, bombs, planets, great foxes. Mm. Um, five five secret passageways out of five. Five secret passageways. <laughs> that sounds oddly sexual. It does sound it sexual. It sounds oddly sexual. You know, yeah. Let's stick with barrel rolls. We'll do barrel all rolls right. out of five. Yep. All right, out of a possible five barrel rolls with half points also available, Joe, what do you give mm-hmm. graphics for Star Fox 64? I am going to give them... I'm going to go 4.5. 4.5 barrel rolls out of five on this one. Because I'm thinking, like, I'm pitting this up against, like, Virtua Fighter or Tomb Raider, the first Tomb Raider, where it's, you know, it's all super spiky hair and square boobs. Um, or like pyramid boobs. Um, in this game, basically like same thing. There are no, no weird pyramid boobs, but like you've got some pretty boxy or like triangular shaped animals, uh, for everything you've got here. The, uh, the vehicles themselves, like they, they actually think they actually like, you know, hit above their weight class as far as the vehicles go, because they just looked cool. And Again, like the feeling of going from like, you know, attack mode to all range mode. That was like, that's like, you know, the gloves come off. That's the white person's like doing this to their nose because they're about to start a fight. That's oh, what yeah. that is. That's that whole thing. And it just, it, it hits every time. Yeah. You didn't need Viagra back then. You just no. waited until the vehicle changed modes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you said all range mode, you went from six to midnight every time. Oh, you totally did. Absolutely. I, I agree with you on the graphics. I'm going to give it a four and a half. I don't think it's it's Same perfection. But what I will, why I'm giving it a four and a half is because I look to Saturn and I think of uh, games like Knights, like one, one of the first, mm-hmm. one of the first games launch titles for that, that, for that system. Right. Yeah. Knights was a fun game. It was, it was definitely a, a pretty game. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with the CD-ROM, that game doesn't look as smooth as, as Star Fox does. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I guess, like, the only thing that you could, I guess, like, you could really, I guess if you really wanted to hit it with something, too, with graphics, is that you don't get any, like, sweet, like, video-recorded cinematics. Um, there's no way you could. There's, there's just no way. No you way. could do it on a cartridge. No. So, like, you no. don't get, like, you know, for the JRPG fans, you don't get the sweet anime cutscenes um, that you you got on the Saturn or the, the PlayStation. Yeah, totally. But... Yeah. But that, 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 once again, is a reason why I give graphics such a high mark here mm-hmm. is because it did that on a cartridge. Yeah. Like, it, like it, it actually made mm-hmm. what should have been better technologies almost obsolete from the start. Yeah, I mean, right? this, is, this is basically um, the Mark I armor in Iron Man uh, that Tony oh, yeah. Stark built in a cave. Is what it feels like. Like, yeah. yeah. Tony Stark built this in a cave with the, scraps. Yeah, with a pile of scraps. <laughs> this this is what it felt like. Like cartridges, yeah. like it like I feel like that was the, one of the big complaints for the sixty four coming. Like they're these fuckers are still using cartridges. But you yeah. know, these are the same people that complained that the Corvette was used is still using leaf springs. It's getting the uh, damn job done. Yeah, it did, dude. That's why mm-hmm. it's not quite perfection, but it is really damn good Pretty for the damn time. Close. Yeah. Yeah. Now, jumping out here for gameplay, Joe, I am going to give only the second 5.0 that I've given the entire time we've done these because, God damn it, mm-hmm. the gameplay of this, it, it straddles simplicity, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you feel like you're doing something new in every stage because yeah. you're not just throwing bombs out there to take mm-hmm. out half the screen. You do have to actually be you know, somewhat strategic with how you play these levels. 
And and so it's even though it's only a two hour playthrough, I feel like I'm 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 challenged on every single level doing something that I have to test a skill with. Mm -hmm. And to me, that that is like that's what gameplay should be. Yeah. Like gameplay should challenge you. Mm -hmm. Gameplay should make you develop skills and it shouldn't just set you up for a home run every time. Yeah. Or set so, you up for failure in, in calling it hard. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like they could have pulled like a uh, Star Trek Beyond and you could have gotten like a million tiny ships swarming at you and like it's going to fuck your day no matter what. Like, oh, it's hard mode. It has to be hard. I'm like, no, but that's borderline impossible. Like, <laughs> I don't know what sort of bizarre Jedi new type powers I need to be able to do that, but I'm a human being and I don't have them. And now yeah. I don't want to play your game anymore, sir. So out of spite, yeah. Why, why spite. are you returning this? Why, why are you returning this game? Spite. spite. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you okay. said spite. Yeah, that, there we go. We can't take it back. Um, but no, no. I would. I I'm gonna mirror that and also give this, you know, another another five barrel rolls out of five barrel rolls on oh, this one. Oh, holy crap! And for the same reason, this game gives you exactly what you want to, when you want it. When you look at like actual like I think of like responsiveness of the controls. I do not remember this game ever being like, oh, you can see me moving it and it's not moving. Like, it yes. never gave me that. Like, it, yes. that was in the story mode. That was in multiplayer. It responded well every single time. Yep. And so, like, that worked great. And then, again, for, like, it just being, like, so pliable, so, like, in, in flux with the story, like... It's perfect. It gives you what you want every playthrough. You want a challenge? Take the challenging route. You want something that's a little much, that's a little more than just going through? Go the middle route. You just want to play through today? Take the easiest fucking route and enjoy your time. Like, yeah. it had a formula. It would, I don't know if it, if it was a formula that existed before. That may be some Isaac Newton new math shit that it pulled off, but it did it well. And I, 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 can't, I can't knock it. Form, formula wise when it comes to like these these like aircraft driven experiences mm -hmm. like there are principles to this game that are pretty consistent it's like yep you hit the weak points okay yeah. yep you, you learn to dodge this attack or you learn to dodge this mm -hmm. cluster of of like, shots coming at you like yes that was pretty standard stuff yeah but but the way that you got to them and and the way that you experienced all these new levels, mm -hmm. um, th those were all unique yeah. st stuff that just hadn't happened yet, mm -hmm. and which kind of brings us right into the replay value because we've we've talked a lot about replay value, mm -hmm. Joe, out of five barrel rolls. What would you give replay value for this game? Go another five. Like this is Ooh. just like I played the shit out of this game when I had it. Like you could just other than like. I think because actually I never owned the original Smash Brothers myself, but mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of before like and that system Mario Kart 64 was the only game I played nearly as much as this game, um with re for replay value, because yeah. again like you could pick it up and go through the story as much as you want. You've got a friend there. We can do some battling with each other, and like it's just fun to play every time you pick it up. I could, yeah. you know, I could play this now on my Switch. I would love playing it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, uh, I know that we're we're making this very non-controversial this evening, but I am also giving this a five out of five on replay value, because, like you mentioned, 
if we weren't playing Goldeneye, mm-hmm. you know, or if we weren't playing Mario 64 or any of like the WCW or the WWF games at the time, we were sitting there playing PvP in Star Fox. Mm-hmm. That's just what we were doing. That's what we were doing. We were all cursing at each other. We we're getting mm-hmm. pissed off at each other. Battle lines were drawn. <laughs> but we were playing this mm-hmm. when we weren't figuring out, mapping out the 25 different oh routes God. you could take in the game. We mapped it out. We drew them on yeah. in notebooks. And every level was so well done. I can't think of a single level that I hated. I mean, there are ones that are absolutely frustrated because they were challenging, but they were like they were the hard route way. Like everything, like every game will have something that has like, oh. Um, you're going through, like, it's already difficult as is. Oh, and by the way, for some inexplicable reason, your health is constantly draining. Or you have, like, one health thing. Can you get through it? Yeah. Like, why do I only have one health bar? Why can I only take one hit? You don't give me an explanation. Oh, then, oh, by the way, it's just there. Can you make it? Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah. the only time you get something like this in this game is you're flying around, like, the solar system's star. And you have to be, basically, like, at the, like, near surface level of the star... So, like, it's just hot as fuck, and your health yep. is draining. And you can do things where if you, you keep up by performing certain things and getting basically health boosts, you can keep your health up through the whole time while trying to fight enemies. But it's like, okay, this makes sense. And yeah. if I'm not in the mood to have my health being reduced, I just avoid going to the damn star, and I don't there have to go. play that. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm telling you, when it comes to the gameplay and the replay value of this, I cannot remember a single time where this game glitched on me. Mm-mm. I can't remember a single time where I was like playing this and going, this is so challenging. I'm going to shut it off. Yep. You know, it's like, no, it's like I, mm-hmm. I learned from my mistakes and it, with a little bit of skill, you could beat this in the high uh, the hardest, you know, difficulties. It wasn't like it was gatekeeping. No, you know, so mm-hmm. um, for the, for the last metric that we're going to be going against here, the music, Oh, of music. of these games has caused us to critically uh, lower the scores of some of these games. Yeah. And for those of you that weren't here before we started recording, which was uh, just Joe and I, mm-hmm. we were actually jamming out to the theme song <laughs> of, of Starbucks 64 <laughs> to start off our call today. So when we reviewed Tomb Raider, the rebooted Tomb Raider from 2013, mm-hmm. One of the problems we had is that we couldn't identify a single bit of music from this game, and that's why we had to rate it lower. Mm-hmm. Now, when I look at this game, I'm not going to give it as high of a score as I would like Donkey Kong, which is just pure iconic music that you can't get out of your ear. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that Star Fox 64's uh, like in-game score, if you want to call it that, the digitized music that it mm-hmm. goes with, you know, I can recognize a lot of music from this game. Like when I when I hear uh, some of the dogfight music in like the last uh, the last fight game, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. or the last fight level, I should say. Yeah. You know, if I go down, I'm taking you with me. You know, <laughs> like like I I still get pumped up when I hear that music, mm-hmm. and, and this is you know this is over 20 years later. So um, for that reason, it's not perfection as we've said before, but mm-hmm. it's definitely memorable for me. It's going to get four out of five barrel rolls. Uh, yeah, I, I'm almost in the same boat as you on this one. Um, just because where, where you can clearly remember it, I'm, I'm a little bit where I'm torn. Like I was definitely jamming out the theme song, but admittedly it's the opposite of Tomb Raider, right? Tomb Raider, I couldn't remember anything, um, from the, from the score. 
the theme song's primarily what I remember from this one. So like, okay, yeah. bitchin' theme, give it that. Power Rangers had that, but even yeah. then, they'd throw in a Go Green Ranger Go, Go Green Ranger Go here and there. So, whereas in this <laughs> game, like, yeah, when you switch to the like um, the all range mode, it, it switches up the music score from whatever it was from the level to the all range mode like score that's there. But honestly, I'm struggling to remember the music on that. I know it changes. I know it's different. But like, it's not like like Pokemon where I can distinctively know the like you can give me a music and I'll know what fucking town you're in for the yeah. original oh, yeah. game, or I'll know yep. like if you've encountered a Pokemon or if you like in Gold and Silver like when you encounter like the the dogs specifically the wandering beasts you get mm-hmm. special music just for them, or I can remember yeah. that. But like for the life of me, I can't remember all range mode what that sounds like, and I can't I can't pick out um, anything from the levels other than the fact that you get the theme song when you beat the level each time yeah so yeah. this time because the theme song is bitchin and i can remember that 3.7 oh you want to do 3.75 go, this... go 3.75 we'll stick with we'll stick with u.s currency rules and go in quarters yeah in yeah quarters. that's, that's, that's what we yeah 3.7 would throw it off just a little bit but Too i much. mean it's 3.75. not like it's not like we can't do the math but we're, we're just we're not gonna not gonna do it mm-hmm well, Maybe we should have done it in fractions because we're Americans. <laughs> yeah. This is a, a three and three quarters for me. <laughs> three and three quarters. Well, Joe, surprisingly, uh, or su- should be surprising to no one who mm-hmm. could do the math in their head. This is, <laughs> the, it, mm-hmm. this is the highest rated retro review that we have done so far. Star Fox 64 ended up getting 36.75 barrel rolls potentially. Out of 40, giving it a 92% from us. You know what? I'm going to say modern rules, that's an A. Growing up, the standard was a 93% or higher was an A. But, you know, nowadays, we settle for a 90. Good job. Wow, not only did it actually break the C range for us, it said, fuck off, B, I'm going to A. Yep. It just went went hyperspeed right on past the B, straight to the A. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which honestly, I'm not shocked by that. No. I mean, it's it it mm-hmm. is an iconic property for a reason. Mm-hmm. The game is iconic for a reason. You know, you and I clearly love this game. Almost everyone I grew up with who played this game also loved it. And as an extra heartfelt story to tack onto this, when I got straight A's, uh, when this game came out, my dad went out and he bought me Star Fox. Oh, that's no, fantastic. No, Yep, I had never asked for it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even circle it in like the catalog or anything. You know, I just I just did my job at school, did it well. Mm-hmm. And suddenly my dad brings home Star Fox 64 and I'm looking at this and I'm like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, hold my calls, of which I had none at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I am playing this as much as I possibly can. Hold my calls, cancel my other meetings for the day. This is what's <laughs> going on. This is priority. <laughs> Yeah, unplug the the dial-up modem. We I, this is this is all I'm doing for the rest of the week. Yes. America is officially offline for the day. <laughs> yes, no chat rooms for me. Yeah, no no chat rooms for eleven year old Mark no. making fun of Pink Floyd and every chat room he could go into. But here we are at the end of all things, mm-hmm. giving Star Fox sixty four a ninety two percent, the highest retro review that we've done so far. And folks, I think we have reached 
our stopping point. Joe, you, I know you've got stamina for probably another eight hours, but we're, we're going to cut it off here. And before we go, mm-hmm. uh, folks, we just want to thank everyone from the digital dissection community. You have managed to vault this show into the two back-to-back, back-to-back highest listened to weeks in our show's history. Yes, we cannot thank you. Thank, that is amazing. Cannot thank you enough for that. It's absolutely incredible. We're blown away by it. Mm-hmm. Every time we see the the amount of downloads that are coming through, Joe and I just can't believe that like, well, like just a little bit over a year ago, mm-hmm. we had no presence whatsoever, no marketing. This this show didn't exist. And and to see that happen, we just yeah. just blown away. The podcast has literally gone from talking in Mark's car, um, playing <laughs> playing Pokemon Go to <laughs> to this. And it, it means a lot that you you come back every week, you listen, um, you download, you like. Uh, for our new subscribers coming in, means the world to me. Uh, for those of you who you need to take time out of your day and done a review for us, like that's amazing. Thank you so much. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. And if this is your first time listening to one of our digital dissections here, uh, obviously hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. Joe likes to say smash him. I I don't want to be as aggressive. Don't you smash know. it. You don't be yeah. mashing it now. You don't want to do just, that. Yeah, just mashing it now. <laughs> but once again, thank you for listening, folks. Mm-hmm. And we can't wait to talk to you again. But until next time, keep on dissecting. And try the harder route. Yes, always try the harder route.